Surprise, surprise, Traveler Mockery with an extra episode, Joe Skipper, because we had like a shitload of messages. If we could do an extra podcast about the Collins Cup. Um, and here we are. Here we are, guys. This is just a bonus one. So we're going to be back on Monday as well with the normal show. But this is just a purely bonus one about the Collins Cup. So if you're not interested at all in the Collins Cup, probably time to switch it off, to be honest. But if you're actually interested in the Collins Cup or want to know what it what it is, or what we thought of the racing and uh, the whole concept of the Collins mm-hmm. Cup, then stay tuned and we'll go over that now and uh, say what we thought and how it could be improved and what they did well. Yeah. We just ate, ate a pasta bolognese and I am so flipping full, mate. I can feel my blood sugar level is like mega high right now after that pasta. I'm and, so stuck. Um, you had to eat a lot, didn't you, today? Because what have we got tomorrow? We've got a 300k ride tomorrow because the Weiser Kenyana, the German, Fabian Eisenhower, is turning... 30 tomorrow. 30. And yeah. we've got to do a brick run off the bike as well. So he's got to fuel up. And a brick run off he's, the bike. He's going to have a lot of lows from that. That's the easy day. So what we're doing on Monday? Same as normal, mate. Back into it. Like, <laughs> Back in the game. No rest of the wicked. All right. Let's uh, start off with the Collins Cup. We've just had the race. We've been watching the whole race uh, uh, today. Um, as big fans of the sport, of course, uh, this year, Joe and I couldn't make it to the Collins Cup because we were on a training camp. Um, we and sat, I, we sat, I didn't finish top four in the rankings, so I couldn't make it there. <laughs> yeah, but, but the captain called us and he said, we want you on the team. We said, mate, we, we've got a training camp. Um, anyway, so we start off with the with the pre-race uh, week, pre-race week, because I think um, the red line throughout the week was trash talk. Yeah, so uh, the pre-race interviews, to be honest, I actually thought they were pretty boring, most of them. Like, they were just so dull, I thought. The questions they got, the athletes got asked, like, what was the favorite movie and uh, what would they, what cuddly bear they'd want to be? And, like, literally, that was some of the stuff I think I had. It was extremely dull and really boring. The only highlight for me was when they did the draw, Sam Laidlow actually spicing up with a bit of trash talk. And, like, to be honest, the, the stuff what he said and the build up to it, I don't think he actually said anything really too bad, but it made it interesting because, like, he's on some of the stuff afterwards when, I mean, some of the stuff. He did say might have been like uh, a bit out there, but it it made it fun and it made me want to watch that race. Like out of all the matchups, that was the one that I was most excited to see because I you could just imagine if you were in that situation and you were Sam Long, you were Lionel, you would not want to lose that race because you're getting so much shit from Sam Laidlow that you would re- you knew you'd want to dig deep and you knew that. And also, if Sam Laidlow won, was he then going to give even more shit talk? You know, like at another race. Mm-hmm. So it really caught. Like I thought that caught my interest and I thought that was the best one. And to be honest, it was the only interview where it was, it was spicy. But then the shame was after the actual picks where they picked the race picks, when they had the press conference the next day, like the night before Sam, Sam Long stormed out the room because he got angry, you know, with Sam Laidlow and like Lionel was absolutely pumped. He couldn't wait. And you thought, right, hopefully next day at the presser, they're going to ask some good questions and get them stuck into them and get some more drama, you know, even more Mm -hmm. out of it. But it was like the guy who was doing the interview wanted a therapy session or something, you know. We was like trying to get him to kiss and make up and stuff. And I thought, Jesus, this is professional sport. I want to see some guys who I think don't like each other. Loads of like atmosphere there. And I want to see them battle it out like, you know, they're on a, a battlefield. So what uh, if if you look at the uh, the messages online, I would say like 50% of the people were really liking the stuff of things heating up, you know, uh, Lionel uh, uh, liking the stuff from the sidelines. It got a bit of uh, tension between uh, uh, Long and uh, Sam Laidlow. But on the other hand, a lot of people didn't like it because they say this uh, is not the UFC. And I think that's the hard thing. If you look at the sport, um, there's a lot of people in the sport that are like older, especially the, the, the age groupers. 
And I think it's a, it could be a different audience than, um, for example, UFC fights. Because I think it's boring. The reason there's all older people and they're boring is because the interviews are boring and it attracts boring things. I mean, I must say, like, I, I don't really like it if, if you say, what's your favourite teddy bear and what's your favourite colour? I, I like, had no interest but, in any of the other races because they were so boring in the lead up to it. There was no... There was no trash talking. They were all friends. They all wanted to go out for a drink with each other afterwards, which is fine. If that is the case and you want to go for a drink afterwards, that's great. But can you not at least say to someone when you're going up there, look, I'm going to give you a bit of shit, just go with it. Or at least something like that so that people that are watching it, like me, think, cool, there's a bit of rivalry here or something. Mm-hmm. You know, At least build it up. Hand, but not, not up. every uh, athlete is naturally given with the, the, the words of the map. Yeah, well, you know, maybe the interviewer needs to get it out because, I mean, it's, up to, it's the interviewer that needs to sway yeah, the way uh, it goes. And that's the problem. The thing. interviewer would just want them to all be best mates and give each other a hug in a therapy mm-hmm. session, whereas he didn't actually get the thing. Because I think when you actually watch some of them UFC press conferences and stuff like that. It's normally the people that ask the questions, that ask questions mm-hmm. that end up getting someone to say like, something that spices inst- up. Instead of uh, saying, uh, for example, what kind of teddy bear are you saying? He what? just called you a duathlete. Yeah. How do you... He said you're a shit swimmer and that you can't run. Like, you know, and then you're going to be like, you know, it's like in UFC, they'd say, what round do you think you're going to knock so-and-so out? He said, I think I'm going to knock him out in round one. The other guy's like, no, you're fucking not. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he gets that back and forth going, doesn't it? If you ask like uh, Conor McGregor, what's his favourite colour? How boring is that going to be? Oh, red. All right. Like, <laughs> All right, Connor. <laughs> what teddy bear are you then? Yeah. <laughs> this is a tricky one. <laughs> I know. Like, they asked them what, what sport they'd do if they weren't triathlon. I was thinking someone said event, and the only one that had a good answer for that was Lionel Sanders. He said his best sporting moment was uh, watching a guy in Arizona at a UFC fight close to the Mexican border choke someone out and then look up to the audience as if it was like a moment from God or something. Because <laughs> like, it was just a bit like brutal, wasn't it, when he said but that? The, like, um, uh, the, the hard thing is to get um, uh, uh, Chet or Bench going in the sport of triathlon. I think um, uh, if you look at the, the, the history of the past, it, there's not m- much of it going on. Like over the last not because- There was... Oddly, one guy doing it, which was of course Sam Long, and now he like received it back. Like last year, he would. He says think, he's a changed man. He's all about respect now. I personally, we, we think, called him uh, the other. Yeah, we called him. I think Sam should have gave him a bit of shit back. Like it mm-hmm. couldn't have got anywhere. Sam had said everything he had. Sam should have just given it a bit back, and you know, like call, call him late low and yo yo yo. Otherwise, people are going to be Sam and Sam. What the fuck? Yeah, all about? and uh, yeah. So to call, he should have given laid low a bit of like. Smack talk back. He should have given him a bit of get bit of uh, stick because I mean he'd taken a lot and he was obviously amped up by it. And I I would like to have seen him give it some back because he used to do it and that was what we loved about him, weren't it? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it was good to see him in the end, like have a good race and end up winning the race. But it was a shame that he didn't give anything in the build up to it. And then like you know, I mean, he doesn't really need to say anything afterwards. The, the racing did the talking, didn't they? Yeah, but, exactly. Like, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it would have been good to see a bit more. But it also almost seemed like they told Sam Laidlow off i don't know if that is the case but he seemed like he was apologizing afterwards and it was almost like they want people athletes to be a bit different and be themselves and be get get you know give a bit of uh trash talking but then it almost seemed like he got reprimanded i don't know if he did or not but that's what it seemed like to me during the press conference yeah, yeah during the press conference and then doing a statement afterwards it was almost like they told him off and said that he'd gone too far and i i hope that doesn't change with sam laidlow i hope he doesn't like stop doing this trash talk because although like I mean, I think it's good for the sport. It gets people more watching it. It builds up a bit more. And like, I mean, he didn't win the race today. He ended up third. But it got you wanting to watch the race, didn't it? You yeah, know? exactly. Like, I mean, if me- you if you look at it from marketing perspective, 
a lot of people were like, I want to see this race. That I was, want them to sh- to shut yeah. up Laidlo or I want Laidlo to win this race. Something like But there and was people, or there were a lot of people that wanted to watch this race. And if you yeah. looked at it, that was the only one that was the close race. And it was the one that in the men's field, they showed 90% of the time watching because that was the one that had, had all the hype around it. But if it hadn't have been Sam Laidlo that actually hyped it up, no one would have cared. So it, it was Sam Laidlow that actually sold the race. That race, mm-hmm. you know, like got people And of course, you it. can give each other a lot of shit before the race because I know Joe's better than me in training and secretly also in racing. But I give him shit at home. I know he's the bitch in the kitchen, you know. <laughs> but um, you can always have friendly rivalry and afterwards, like, have a pint over a great exactly. race. That's what happened. I saw it online. Like, Laidlow went over to Sam Long and said, mate, you schooled me today. And I think that's good about the sport. Like, as long as you do it, respect. And if I look at what Sam Laidlow said, I think it's all got a bit blown out of proportion. Like, yeah. you only set your two do athletes, and maybe, of course, uh, um, because Sanders and Long didn't really go in with the trash talk, it made it all like, wow, he's a bit of a bully. But, but Sanders, I think, liked it. He enjoyed it. Yeah, and he it, like, did. him up. I think it was just that Sam took it to heart, and I think Laidlow was actually hoping that he would get a bit back, you know, like, yeah, to yeah, kind of... Yeah. But it, but you know, and like with the rap and stuff, how funny was the rap? What he did in the leader, I thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah, it was quite funny. What's the what's the bottom line of the trash talk? The trash you've got, talk is, I think you need to see. You've got different athletes. What if you're an athlete that can't really defend himself? As in, they don't have a word luck. ready. Tough luck. Is it's that tough luck? Sport. It's professional sport. But then, it, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. That's part of it. Part of it is you're selling the race, you're making it interesting, but you're also doing it to get the edge over your rivals. If your rival crumbles, like if Sam Laidlow had done it and Sam Long had have crumbled, then it would have worked in a way and mm-hmm. it would have got to his head. At the end of the day, the aim is to beat the other person. If a bit of trash yeah. talk makes them crumble, then fuck them, you know, like that's their fault, you know. Like it sounds harsh, but like it is professional sport. You're there to win. It's about having a bit of fun, the laugh. And if the other person takes it too much to heart, then, uh, you know, sorry, like that's the way it and goes. And what about the audience? Do you think the audience of triathlon is the right audience for it? I don't think it matters, to be honest. Like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you're not going to like the person. But someone's got to be but the bad does. guy. But it does. I someone must say... Someone has to be the bad guy. Someone has to be the bad guy. And although not necessarily being the bad guy, I think if you look back in the days, Sam Long got big because of the trash talk in the yeah. beginning. And he backed it up with the results. And that's what you need to do if you've got a big talk. Um, but I think in the end, it also... Uh, characters a person right if you're always the playing guy that never says anything and has results but never you're not really a colorful no. person so and you never will be really really interesting who was the biggest person in triathlon a few years ago chris mccormack because he had the smack talk and he got people interested conor mcgregor in the ufc had the most amount of smack talk made mm-hmm. millions from it no one would have cared you know when we went to the ufc in london we watched it the fighters that didn't have any banter it was like they were just totally boring. You didn't care about the fight, was it? But when someone came on there and had a bit like the decent walkout music, you know, yeah. and there was a lot of talk and, you know, when we were talking to people, they said, oh, these guys didn't like it. That made us want to watch it, didn't we? When there was two, some people and they were like friends with each other, it was like, what are we watching here? Like, yeah. you know, they're going to hug each other's death. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think but the bottom need- line is of banter, what I think is important is there should be an underline of humor in it. And not a short stitch in the back, which would be bullying. Yeah, not you don't want to go like too personal talking about people's family lives and stuff, but like having a bit of banter and giving them a bit of stick about the race, no. and I think is absolutely fine. And that's like funny, and exactly. it's like that's you need to kind of you need to roll with it. All right, so um, you'd say that's also part of the job of the interview then? As yeah, the I think it's the interviewer that needs to get out of them and the people that do it. That's their job to get it out because the athletes might not want to come out of it, but then you get you have to ask. The Same for the battle between 
Ellie Salthouse and uh, Holly yeah. Lawrence. Like it, it, when there was that battle this year, instead of playing on what had happened last year and the fact there was a rivalry, he basically made it sound like they were mates and like that they were going to get on. And then it kind of like makes it. They're a doing bit the boring. nails together this afternoon. Tomorrow yeah. they're going to race and then like, <laughs> a, a terrible. Like I think it was, it wasn't framed in the right way. It didn't create the rivalries. And they keep saying the whole point is in getting these big names there is to create the rivalries and to get the drama. But if you don't get any smack talk going or any talk about them wanting to beat each other. What rivalry is there? To me, there is no rivalry. You're saying you're getting people to talk about how they're mates with someone. Well, that's not a rivalry. That's a friendship, you know? Yeah. Like, so what is it? Are we watching friends race or are we trying to create rivalries? Mm -hmm. It's one or the other. If, if the idea is to get friendly people and like they're all mates and we're watching them ride, swim, bike and run together, that's fine. Keep doing what you're doing. If we want to watch people that we think have a big rivalry, don't want to lose and would rather die than lose to that person, they're doing a bad job on that. Yeah. Because it didn't create the rivalries. In my opinion. All right. right. Let's um, let's go over to uh, the the concept of the the PTO. Like we are all fist deep into the sports. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know a lot about the sport, especially if you're still tuned into like the Collins Cup. But I think since I, the 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 PTO wants to make the sport bigger, um, it's been broadcast on Eurosport, and I think you need to put yourself into the perspective right now of Randolph the bakery from uh, Bristol. Randolph has got a bakery in Bristol. He's just chilling on his Saturday afternoon. He, he wanted to watch tennis, but all of a sudden, boom, there's this swim, bike, and run on TV. And with that thought in hindsight, that you've got no clue who the athletes are, what the Collins Cup is, um, we're diving now a little bit deeper into the Collins Cup. So um, looking at the TV coverage, what we looking at the, the TV coverage exactly because I mean of course it comes out of nothing. It's they're doing like it's amazing what kind of thing has been put up right now and and uh, everything, all the support for the athletes. But for a future perspective, to keep Randolph entertained because yeah. we want more people like Randolph because the triathlon sport is only so small. Um, there is. A lot that could be changed. Well, yeah, I think like even not even from keeping Randolph entertained, but for the actual triathlon. Also, band, Joe Skipper. Because yeah, because like for us, like Randolph is going to need more to impress him than we are, isn't he? Because Randolph doesn't follow the names; he doesn't really know, does he? So like whatever we say needs to be improved. Randolph is definitely going to probably think, isn't he? But I think like for instance, the basics didn't really happen. So when they showed each race. They didn't tell you, first of all, how far was left in each race. So even when they showed you the swim, that would have been good if they'd have said 800 metres left and shown you the time splits on that race at the current time. And the gaps. And the gaps. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, so they say 800 metres left and you could see the actual time splits. They told you some of the time splits on the swim, mm -hmm. but they didn't show you how much left on the swim, could did they? It could be in a very small upper part because if you look, for example, at the bike part, it could have been a stage in the Vuelta. People don't know. They're tuning in at Eurosports. What is this? Vuelta? They don't know. <laughs> But so for instance, like you, you want to see just like in the Tour de France, how much is the yeah, yellow yeah. jersey behind? That kind yeah. of stuff, you know. On, on some of the uh randomly, like on some of the bits on the bike, it would say the distance left, but it didn't tell you on every single race. And it was it was after a couple of hours that the only that thing distance left for the leader, but then you didn't know is the second or third person two minutes back, a but minute back, five minutes I back. I remember quite often at one point we were watching it, we didn't know how much further was left. And then we saw um, someone going the other way. Mm -hmm. And I said to you, oh, they're obviously on the way back because you can see like someone else going the other way. But you wouldn't have known that if you didn't know it was an out and back course. There was no distance on there. So I think it was a poor job in letting you know how far was left and what was actually going on. Because quite often they'd show you it and they showed you how many points someone's getting at that time, which is like, that's all well and good. But what's the distance back? And like the car and they didn't, 
you know, I'll go into more of the show in the racing, but that bit was annoying. And also, we were both talking about this ourselves about like that everyone, I think, when you get picked for the Cons Cup, so for people that don't know, the payment that you get is all done on your ranking. So if you're the first ranked triathlete in the world, supposedly the best ranked long course athlete in the world, you're going to get $100,000 just to take just part. To stop, yeah. There's no prize money, it's all appearance fees. Then the second place, 90, then 80,000. And I think that if they're paying that amount of money, and they want to make this a big thing and get good coverage. People want to see that data. Like everyone here who listens to this podcast probably likes data. And people at home want to see it. If you watch F1, you see the speeds and you see all that, don't you? And you want heart, to see, you can even see heart rate. You want to see heart rate. Formula One and all that. So what, what I think they need to do is they need to have a sensor in everyone's back pocket. And they need to say to people, when they get invited to the Cons Cup, you're going to be required to use this sensor in your suit, which will transport, you know, with a heart rate monitor on. And this will show the live audience your heart rate and your power data, and it will connect to your Garmin. Like maybe everyone has a Garmin or a Wahoo or something mm-hmm. that will like connect to this thing. And you had it in the sub seven, so had, it is yeah. the technology is the there. The technology is there. I had it in the sub seven, and it will also show you show the audience how fast you're running. And if the person says no, I don't want that, you say okay, you're not invited. Goes down to the next person. Fourth mm-hmm. place will get third place's money, and it will keep going like that because if people don't want to commit to making it a good. TV program, they don't want to show their data. Because there is, there is uh, um, potential, absolutely, in yeah. the, the message. But we want to see the power. But it's just the, 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 um, the basics, really. I mean, it's awesome that it's on TV and all that right now. Like, uh, they're doing an amazing job. But just, you wouldn't think that you're missing the basics. Because I saw maybe something went wrong on the day itself. Like, we don't know. But you're watching the live feed and you could see timing mats. And I'm thinking, like, I see the flipping timing mats. Why don't I see any timing? Yeah, yeah. And also... At all points on the screen, that should have a little column on the side showing the current races, just a colour, like match one, two, three, four, like showing you matches, and then like yellow, and then like say yellow's in first to an international person, and then second in match one is uh, American. It would have match one yellow and then a red, and then it would say the time of how far they're behind. And you can always Mm -hmm. keep track on if people are moving up, moving down, and I also think they should show a couple of races on the screen at the same time, maybe yeah. half a screen of each and comment on it. Because if you've got 12 races, you need to be covering at least two races at a time, yeah. like at least. And sometimes if there's action happening three races at a time, you cut to three, you know, if there's like overtakes happening at the same time. But they need to follow the action more. And I think they did a, I, I think we're following the action. They did a terrible job, like towards the end when the women were finishing. They completely ruined it for me, and I was absolutely gutted because I I was dying to watch this. Like for me, I hate getting up early in the morning. I got up early. We got to the track session done, didn't we? I swam after the track, and I was like, I want to go for a bike ride, but I didn't want to go for a bike ride before the Cons Cup because I knew I'd miss it. And you you didn't even you didn't even you didn't go for a bike ride because you wanted to watch it, didn't you? You're like, mm-hmm. no, I'm watching the Cons Cup because we were like pumped, weren't we? Like for like days. Absolutely pumped. Caffeine like, shot, ready to go. Yeah, we were like really looking forward to it. And then the women are all finishing, and they're showing people that are finishing three minutes down, four minutes down. Ten minutes down. And in the meantime, you've got people like Lionel Sanders, Sam Long, Sam Laidlow. They've just caught Sam Laidlow on the bike. You know there's all this smack talk. They miss them coming into transition, and then they spring it on you about 500 metres into the run. Sam Long's got like a 10-second lead or something, and you're like, all right, I just completely... They didn't show us any of that drama, didn't show any of that. We didn't see Blumenfeld for about 30 or 40... No, for over an hour in his race, when the last time they showed it, Hayden Wilde was only 30 seconds back, and you're thinking... This is a guy that was trying to take the New Zealand 20k running record on earlier in the or last winter, so he can run a decent half marathon. You know, he's trying to run like 60 minutes for a half marathon, 61 minutes. So <laughs> he's got potential to beat Blumenfeld on the run. He's 30 seconds down. What's going to happen? You know, pump it up a bit. Didn't show it. Next thing you know, Blumenfeld's winning by six minutes. 
you know, missed it. Might, of course, uh, they're doing a little um, um, of debrief of their own. Probably they care a little bit of this podcast. But this let's, is but this is what happened. Like yeah, yeah, this is loads what happened last, yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. Um, heading to a little bit of the results, uh, and then short, finish off with a positive note. All right, all right. Because <laughs> people will be like, "Damn, they don't like it at all." No, but like, I, I, like I just to watch it. I love the watch like, it. But it was just so disappointing because it could be. It's a couple it, of tips and tricks. But like, they just showed they missed all the men's racing, yeah. like completely, didn't they? We didn't even see Gustav race. Like, I didn't even. I saw him for about twenty seconds on the bike. Didn't see him at all for ages until like late the late stages of the run. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Jackson Laundry at all. Like, but before we go on to the, uh, the results, what do you think about some of the athletes taking money and uh, not really giving it the all? Like not naming uh, well, names, well, 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 I wouldn't say some. you can never say giving it their all because um, you don't know uh, what happens. But, but it looks that way. It looks that way. There are there are um, there were rumors that people uh, had COVID the week before and something like that started the race. I think it looks like people are taking money and not giving it their all. Like, and it's disappointing to see if that is the case because I I think that if you get picked for it, it's a big honor and you should be there giving it your all. I mean, all right, yeah, there's not prize money, but there's a big appearance fee. <laughs> And even if you like the lowest Apart from that, I think um, because PTL is also about it's about professional athletes and also about their health. So I think then a team captain should say, "Yeah, you've been sick last week. I'm not sure whether it's smart for you to start." Exactly what I said to to Tom as well. They should do if someone's caught COVID apparently within the last two weeks, they should either have to prove fitness by doing some kind of fitness test, or the captain steps in and says, "Look." You've caught COVID two weeks ago. This isn't safe. You shouldn't be racing now. You're not. You're probably not going to do yourself justice and pick someone else. And uh, they shouldn't be. That person shouldn't be doing the race because they're getting a big appearance fee and making some money. It should be done to make what's going to make the best job and make the most competitive races. And if someone's caught COVID, then they shouldn't really be racing. Like it's for their own health, and they're not going to do a good race. I mean, I know and they're taking COVID. the place of an athlete that is hundred percent determined and yeah. wants wants to show what they've got. I would have loved to have done that. Like, Mate, I would have done, 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 done it for free. I would have done it for free. But for me, there were hundred others that were better. But it, you, you get yeah. the point. I'd have done it point. for free. I would have fucking smashed that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you would have the smack talk. I would have been well up for that. Like, I, I loved it last year. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Reefy. The angry bird stand out, stood out in the crowd again, like fastest split of the day. Um, you said you were saying you saying earlier the, uh, this year that last year she had a rough season because of. Apparently, I heard that Daniela Reese had a. She was a bit off last year and the year before because she reckons that she reacted or so I've heard, and this isn't from her mouth, um, that that she had the COVID vaccine and reacted badly to it and has taken her a long she's while. She's fit, isn't she? But yeah, yeah now she's, she's now she's gone back. Like I mean, she's obviously got over her illnesses and stuff. I actually heard her say on her post-race interview that she um, had shingles and something else three or four days before the Cons Cup last year, which is why she was off form mm-hmm. as well. But like, she's back in form. She smashed it at 70 po- at Ironman World Champs. And I think mm-hmm. this performance today was better than that because this had short course people. It had mid, like 70.3 specialists, people that did doing 100Ks. And she beat all of them and dominated swim, bike and run strong yeah. across all three. Another one that stood out for me was uh, Nicola Spirik, was a controversial captain's pick of forehand. Got a yeah. lot of... Uh, but- Managed to get the third fastest split as a mom of two kids. And um, when we talk about the captain's pick, one thing I wanted to say is all these people piping up about the captain's pick, she shouldn't have got picked, so and so did better in results. It's a captain's pick, guys. 
it doesn't it's not based on the leaderboard someone else might have had better results but the only way you can guarantee yourself is top four other than that it doesn't matter who they pick you know it's like the captain's pick is always going to be controversial because they might like someone they might not but that's the whole point of a captain's pick it can be anyone at random i mean don't get me wrong do you think you would ever get picked as a captain's i don't pick? think i'd ever get picked as a captain's pick for Why's it that? <laughs> probably from my past 70.3 results and uh, <laughs> i just don't think i fit into their uh i'm not cut from the same cloth as uh sam laidlow would say isn't it some of them um Oh yeah, but but she uh, she really stood out for me with the. Uh, she earned her place. She won her race. Smashed. What about it. what about the uh, the battle of uh, Finley and Matthews, both uh, TT specialists? Yeah, I mean Finley um, smashed it. Like she kind of uh, kicked her ass, really, didn't she? You know, like broke away on the swim, but then dominated on the bike, like showing her strength. She won the Canadian TT champs this year, mm-hmm. um, so she was obviously on good form. But that. To, to to beat Matthews like that and to do it in that dominant fashion was obviously uh, pretty impressive. And then to run well off the bike because mm-hmm. you you know you never know someone gives it their all like that on the bike and uh, sometimes they can blow up a bit on the run. But she was actually really uh, strong. Like that was actually quite an impressive race. Like she looked really good. Real short on the uh, the men's side, the good old gummy bear Christian Blumenfeld, like fastest split of the day. Yeah. And what I found unbelievable is if you look at the bike splits, is he had the third fastest bike split of the day. And it's not like, I mean, he's a, a, a phenomenal overall athlete, uh, obviously, but this is like a solo effort. And a How much hand, was he behind Sam Long, like roughly? Up and around like a minute. All right, they so they actually the rode really quick then, them two. Yeah. Like, but that is, yeah, that's impressive. The third fast bike split because he's not known... As, as, a like, as a really strong biker. But he did say, I messaged him yesterday, uh, the day before, just winding him up a bit and <laughs> said that I had heard that I said, I had said that Hayden said that he was going to uh, drop you in the swim and kick your ass on the bike. Um, and he said, oh, I've been swimming like crap, but I've changed my cleat position. I'm putting a, out a lot more power. And I said, oh, it'd be good to see what you do then, show pony. Like, <laughs> but he, he, he backs it up. Like, <laughs> he like, did back it up. And he's like, he's he's a funny one to watch, isn't he? Because on the swim, he almost like, he gets dropped. And then he just like. He's back. He just, he, he's like a pit bull in the yeah, water. He's like a pit bull, isn't he? Because yeah. he just like fights his way back, doesn't he? And then on the bike, at one point, he got dropped. Because didn't we say like it was yeah. 17 seconds behind? So although we got the third fast bike split, they obviously started out bloody hard to try and drop him, yeah. you know. And then obviously they might have faded a bit. He kept the same power. And, and all of a sudden, boom, he was 15 seconds yeah, ahead. Yeah, all of a sudden. We thought he, would be, he was dropped and he was miles behind. And yeah. we were like, oh, he's actually in front. Like, wow. Uh, I wonder what he ran though. He must have run so flipping quick. Like, I mean, you, you can't get the splits on that app, can you? But like, we haven't seen Christian Bloomfield's run, but it must have been pretty special. Like, I mean, I don't know if he had the fastest run. It must have been between him and Gustav. Because you say Gustav was second overall. Yeah. It depends on what Gustav biked and, sw- and swam, I guess. But, but um, Christian was about two minutes quicker than uh, Gustav. Yeah, that's a very impressive race. Like that was that was probably his uh, one of his best best ones so far at the distance, isn't it? Would you say it was the pizza at my birthday? The carbs that would would like. Slowly... I think it was probably our training advice that we gave him. That is true. Yeah, that might be true. That might yeah. Be true. Um. All right. Let's. Uh... Oh, what? Oh, actually, I'll wait until Monday. The little segment today. Yeah, that's about the highs and lows. That's the a, highs that's and lows, a, that's yeah. That's like a whole yeah, different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. Um, I'm a bit excited. I'm excited already because I got a, seg- a Strava segment. Who doesn't get excited when you get a Strava segment? <laughs> but I'll have to wait till I, I remember you saying, come with me, come with me. I and did. I, I tried like, to make you on. I said, we'll get it together. Yeah, 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 yeah you did. You did. 
Um, but I just wanted to give you this one because I got the TT triangle. <laughs> he got the TT triangle. Yeah, I need to. Get no, that no, back, we will share that one. We're sharing that one. I mean, it's, it was an honest shared shared effort. And Tom Deck was um, making sure that he was in the mix. Yeah, your like, was no pulls off the front, just sitting in. And yeah, I was. I thought he was going to sprint towards you. So anyway, our final sum up of the Collins Cup. What do you think about it? Is it good for the sport going forward? Good for triathlon? And like, do you do you like it? Like, what do you think? And then I'll um, go. I think the concept is absolutely awesome, but I think there are too many battles in a too short amount of time because you can't show all the different stuff that is happening, which is a shame. Um, I don't think you should do the men and the females so close to each other. Yeah, but do you yeah, think morning and afternoon? Morning and afternoon. Could be a morning or a and an hour afternoon, gap but maybe them. it's got to do with Eurosports. There's probably more to it than we, oh, than we right. think. Um, but what about one the day before? Uh, yeah, but it's probably, I mean, the rights to, to broadcast on Eurosport is probably like very expensive. So you want to get it all together. But the concept could be different as in more like a team effort on a very brutal course. Uh, or just uh, stick three women three men, and at a time. So there's only four, two women's races, two men's races. Yeah. And you have domestiques. So like you might have someone who's a great runner, but they lack on it on the uh, on the swim. So you set them off. But then also, if you had a bit of an undulating course, you could actually get people that would fire themselves off, mm -hmm. you know, attack on like uphills yeah. and people would have to try and take them back or whatever. Uh, but but the, the, the big takeaway is uh, what I would think is, I mean, everything that's new has always got a lot of improvement, but the small bits like leaderboards and deficits and splits, I think that's the most important part that shouldn't be too hard, but yeah. maybe something went wrong in the office. Um, and... Try and a different I don't one, think it's a bad thing. No, and I think one commentator who isn't from triathlon who can ask some questions, but I think I really like the Collins Cup, the idea of it, and I think it's definitely got potential, but the only things I think they need to do is get some data on the screens. Let us see mm -hmm. what people's heart rates and powers are and even say like the last 20-minute power, they've averaged so-and-so. So when you see Sam Long getting or Sam Laidlow losing a bit of time, show his last 20-minute power and what's Sam Long's last 20-minute power. Is one of them pushing a lot more? Has the other one faded? Show us their like current power up to the, that point in the race, You know what they're yeah. pushing now, and like show their heart rate and stuff so we can see. And like if they showed data like that, had distance to go and time splits all the time, yeah. I think it would make it way more entertaining. And also, when the women are finishing... Don't spend loads of time watching people finish individually when the men's race is getting to the critical point in the race yeah. and you're missing the action. They're getting it, they're getting it. So, uh, with regards to <laughs> I get fired it. up, don't I? I get fired up, then I Yeah, with regards to the trash talk, uh, apart from that, be, be nice to each other. Be nice. Yeah. And apart from that, rinse each other in front of the camera a little bit. And I hope a load of With humour. I yeah. think humour is important. But I will say that after the Cons Cup last year, they do throw a bloody good after party. So and that's the good thing you yeah. say. But do, would that be uh, really good for Eurosports? Randolph watching the after party? Randolph would probably love the after party, but I would also say that although there was a lot, there is, there is a lot of shit between the athletes beforehand, a lot of the time it is in good faith afterwards. And I'm sure yeah. that loads of them will have a drink together and they'll all like have a laugh mm -hmm. about it. And that is the good thing about it. You know, like what's said on race course is always forgotten afterwards. And like, I've had yeah. people give me like, give me shit and I've given people shit before during the race. But then afterwards, you know, shake your hand. And if you have a couple of drinks at a party like that, it's all a good laugh and you have a bit of banter about it. And that's, that's the good thing. It does bring you all together. And that is a really yeah. good thing about you it. Get more togetherness with um, some good uh, stories and, and friction. Good stories good after stories. them. I was like Definitely. smashing the pina coladas last yeah. year. I, do you do you get a good story from I'm a polar bear? 
And my favourite colour is nah, blue? No, it's rubbish. I'll tell you what, I had about six or seven pina coladas last year. Really? Yeah. Mocktails or cocktails? Well, proper cocktails, mate. <laughs> I was a, I had a couple of beers. I had so much. I was like, absolutely. I'll tell you who every, control- every race I go to, like big race, the after parties are always disappointing This after party me. was no, 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 this after party They're always was good. disappointing me. And I'll tell you who can- Because I'm used to some- I'll tell you who can uh, put a drink away as well, who doesn't hang back too much. Go on in. The lion. The lion? Sanders. The lion. He loves it, mate. And he can put a straw now through that teeth and like down him even quicker. Man, yeah. I bet he could do a quick bomb. The lion is a really good laugh. I think, uh, um, I mean, on on YouTube, he comes across uh, uh, as like pretty serious and all that. But um, you could see it shine a little bit more through in the interview when he was like loving it from the sideline. But in real life, he's a really uh, uh, like sociable. I was quite like a... So it's real sociable funny that's now, our yeah. thoughts on the cons cup uh we'll get we'll be doing one on monday the proper one um just this is just one in the meantime to fill out because we uh want to talk about it it's a hot topic it's just happened so you couldn't sleep otherwise could you because you were you were raging i started i, I started off on the bike <laughs> well, earlier on at 300 and something watts and lewis said what the fuck are you doing like are you that pissed off about the collins are you that pissed <laughs> off about it and i said i'm it? raging mate i said i want to be a director <laughs> i want to be a director and he said bloody hell i didn't realize we were going threshold out the door <laughs> it's, uh, uh, now the bottom line is absolutely great what the PTO is doing but um, uh, we want more of that Randolph watching because if it's more, more Randolphs it's more sponsors it's more dollars it's more dollars if it's more dollars bigger sport who is UC who is Formula 1 people want and you might even traveling. be able to upgrade to a KN then mightn't you <clears throat> yeah <laughs> and Randolph will be like why are they not swim bike and running at the UFC yeah you know, that's what they want that's what we want alright thanks for watching everyone See ya. Randolph uh, big respect mate I hope you had fun today and there will be a better version next year. We'll we'll we'll, we'll be sure. See ya. See ya.